Welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. Hey, Garden family. Um, It's a privilege to be with you uh, on Good Friday. Whenever you're watching this, whether it's Friday morning or Friday evening, um, this is a sacred and even a solemn day for the church. It's a day we remember the very symbol of our faith, right? We all know the cross is the symbol of our faith, those who follow Jesus. And yet it's such a, such a difficult thing to come to every time. We've been preparing these last 40 days for death. Lent, we've journeyed for 40 days preparing our bodies, our minds, and our hearts, our very souls to look upon this man on the cross and to welcome him as our Savior. But before, as Faith so beautifully said, before we jump to Easter and get to the celebration of new life, of kingdom come, of resurrection, of all the things that we declare for the hope of the city, we don't want to skip over and pass over the meaning and purpose and beauty of this incredible day that we celebrate, the pain that it embodies and the new covenant that it embodies. And it's hard for us because for some, the the cross was the focal point of our faith. We skip over Jesus' life and resurrection. For others, we skip over the cross in hope for new life, and we forget the bondage that was carried, that was broken at the cross. And so today, I just want to take a few minutes. So would you just, even in that space, in your home, with your family, know that we are going to finish where we begin. We are going to end today with communion. Um, But before then, I want to just take us through a little journey. But Jesus, we celebrate you, our Savior, our Lord, the one who uh, withheld nothing but gave everything for our sake, who was obedient even to the point of death, who became sin on our behalf. Um, God, you have shown us faithfulness and goodness, and we just, we pray that you would not let us skip to the celebration without having even a taste of um, offering our lives, our very deaths to you, God, that we might have something to be resurrected come Sunday, come resurrection. So we receive you tonight or today or the morning, wherever you are when you're watching this. Jesus, we pray this in your name as our family, the Garden family. Amen. Amen. It's... Such, like I said, a difficult thing to come to a day like Good Friday because we've, we've done it so many times for those who've been in the church. And for those outside of the church, it feels almost foolish, right? It's, it's foolishness. It's a stumbling block. All the things that Paul writes about what the cross looks like because it looks so otherworldly. How can this symbol of death and torture, the greatest symbol of Roman power that they can exercise death empire's final last power over you. They can tax you, they can enslave you, and finally they can put you to death. That means they have won. How can we as Christians take that symbol and from it find hope, find a God who doesn't sit idly by but says, I'm with you and says, I'm in fact in this place for you. And one of the ways that we frame this in the midst of all the theories of atonement, what actually is happening on the cross, I just want to say this, that the Bible, the Scripture, the New Testament, Paul, they are master storytellers. 
and they know the Jewish story so well. And the embodiment of the Jewish story, the starting narrative is the story of Passover, the story of Exodus, delivering God's people. When we first come to know who God is, who this God of Jesus, this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is, we see him as one who is a deliverer. And that is why we frame the cross in light of that story, because the night before Jesus' death, he gathered his friends to celebrate the Passover which many of you have heard that. But the Passover at its heart is a story of a delivering God who has heard the cries of his people crying out in oppression, crying out that this world is not as it should be. This king, this Pharaoh is one who oppresses. Where is the God who is the one who is with us and will deliver us? And Passover every year is the meal and the feast that they remember that God is the deliverer, even when it seems like there is no way. When the political powers are too much, when the evil forces that almost go unnoticed at times are too powerful, when the, the tribalism becomes overwhelming and I hate this person, it becomes about us and them. When the religious weight is on me and it feels like I'll never be good enough to welcome any good king. I'll never be good enough to, to please God. Right? All the questions that loom and the questions this year of all years, we carry in to this longing for deliverance, this longing for freedom and new life, this longing for a good God. And so many of us are asking, where? And what we see in Jesus is a God who says, I'm right here. This is where I am. I've been here the whole time, in the midst of the suffering. Jesus offer his, offers his life. He opens himself, all the power and authority in the world, and he says, I will not use any of that, but I will welcome my own death for the freedom of others. And that just seems radical. How can that do anything? But we see in the light of the story that we read here in Luke 22, this is the night in the midst of Passover dinner, the night before Jesus' death. And when the hour had come, Jesus had reclined to the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. You see, Jesus had come to know the Jewish story and the calling of his life as Messiah so well that he knew there was no way out to be a person of peace, to be a person of faithfulness to this God would mean that his death is imminent. For I say to you, I shall never again eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he said, take this, I share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. And after they had eaten saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant. Man, a people of the covenant. And he says to them, that won't get you where we want to go. The law was the babysitter. What I bring you is a new covenant of new life that only my life offered up freely can make possible. But behold, that 
the hand of the one is, is betraying me is the mine is with mine on the table for indeed the son of man is going as it has been determined but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed and then the disciples of course as always they started bickering amongst themselves of who's the one he's talking about sometimes these beautiful this followers of Jesus just miss it at the most beautiful moments and yet they're the ones how much is that like us we miss it in the most necessary moments this climax of his ministry. In so many ways, Jesus is saying, I am the one that you've longed for. In this moment, we're on the precipice of breaking this bondage in the midst of the Passover meal. And if you don't know what the Passover is, you know the story of Moses. You know the story of God fighting the, the powers and principalities of Egypt. He is fighting the pantheon of gods that Egypt represents. This is what the story of Exodus is about, that God does not sit idly by, but God intervenes. He brings a deliverer. He brings a way out for he, his people, and he enters into our story, and he battles the gods that were most oppressing the people. And he systematically, the, the, the Nile, which represents a god, the, the frogs, the locusts, all of them, he's slowly targeting the different deities that were supposed to oversee Egypt and govern over Egypt. And finally, he gets to the tenth and final plague. And he comes after Pharaoh himself, the oppressor, a god in the pantheon of the Egyptian mindset. This was their God. This was their deity, their ruler. And what happens at Passover is that the son of Pharaoh, the son of the king, the son of their God dies. And it makes a way for Israel to be delivered. Passover, even in its original context, is a story about the death of the son of God that makes a way for the deliverance of God's people. And Jesus is calling that image back. And he says, that was a Pharaoh. That was a king who refused to let his people go, to let these slaves go. And out of that stubbornness, it cost him the life of his son. And this story that Jesus is telling is, I, Jesus, I am the son of God, but you don't have to coax me. You don't have to barter. I'm actually going to freely offer my life to you. And in that freely giving, you will have new life you will find deliverance. So this, the story of the cross that we come to on Good Friday is a story about a good God who makes a way for his people, who breaks the bondage. And that's what I want to say. I don't want to give you a theory of atonement. What I want to say is whatever you think is separating you from God, whatever you think, whatever religious mindset you have that has kept you, whatever personal shame or guilt, whatever powers of oppression are on you that have kept you or have convinced you that God is far from you, whatever sin, whatever it is, that tendency in us, right, to scapegoat, to blame the other person. This would be a better world if they didn't exist. If this was different. That word scapegoat comes from the Passover story. It comes from the atonement story. And these stories merge together that we are longing to be delivered and to receive forgiveness, to be at one. The word atonement means at one meant, to be at one with God again. And those converge on the cross in the death of Jesus. And a God who does not remain distant, he says to us, I'm with you. I'm in the suffering with you. I bear the burden of all of this. So whatever you think has separated you from God has been dealt with. 
it's gone. If it's sin, it's put to death. He became sin on our behalf. If Jesus, if Jesus has become sin, where are we in the midst of it? He's with us, beckoning us home, beckoning us to come live his way of life, to receive redemption and deliverance and forgiveness. He has rendered the powers that be empty of their powers, and they know it. The dark forces in the world, they know they have lost. With the last nail that went into the hand of Jesus, they know now that they actually put the final note on their gravestone. And they are spasming. They are kicking. We look at this last year and we go, yes, look at the oppression. Look at the darkness. Look at the pain. Look at the scapegoating. Look at the politics. Look at all of it. And Jesus says, no more. No more can you point the finger to anyone else. These have become your brothers and sisters. The powers are empty. They will be dealt with. Live in my new kingdom. But today when we come to this table again, this table that Jesus took in Passover and gave to us, those who walk in new covenant, he says, can you and will you be willing to eat of this bread and drink of this cup and in doing so, die to yourself that you might have something to resurrect on Sunday when resurrection happens. There's a new story being written. The long story of Jesus and the Jewish people and this delivering God who's making a new way for us. And we get to receive that today. But don't jump to resurrection. Sit in this. There are things that we need to ask God for deliverance from. There are habits and patterns and sin and shames and stories. And there are things outside of our control that we must open our hands and say, Jesus, will you nail this to the cross as well that I might be resurrected this Sunday with a new life, with a resurrection life. And that's our hope. And we wait in between. But today as we come to this meal, as we take it, this new covenant, this bread and this wine, even the symbol that it's the fact that it's food, right? We, it's this beautiful, simple image where we do it every day or those who have means get to do it every day and it's a privilege because there are people all over the world who don't. But when we come to, to the table and bless it and realize this is the nourishment that something has to die, whether it be the, the grain of wheat or an animal, that I might live. What a perfect image for Christ to give, a prop to give to us the church to say he has given his life, not taken from him, because all authority is with him. He has given his life that we might have new life. And as we eat the nourishment, as we take this cup, we remember. So would you gather your elements? Because I want to read this again. In light of that story of deliverance, I want you to just reflect before we take this. and Even just quiet your heart, close your eyes, and begin to ask, Lord Jesus, would you take those parts where my heart has been idolatrous, my heart has turned away from you, my heart has turned towards my meager means of making life for myself. The strongholds that I've clung to, God, where dark powers, where evil forces 
where empires around me have told me a story about myself. I give up those identities. I take away any claim for any other king. And I say, you are king. Even now, would you just let him begin to show you maybe where your allegiance has been. And he's inviting you to look at this man on the cross, the son of God, this deliverer, this way out, this hope. And see, that is a man who knows how to wield power. He lays it down and he offers himself. And we need that symbol. We need that image. We need that reminder more than ever. I think there are things now that God is stirring. Maybe it's forgiveness or unforgiveness. It's sin that's been unrepented. It's, it's words that you've said maybe long ago that you need to ask for forgiveness for. And make this more than just about yourself, more than just about you and Jesus. It's more about what does it mean to be a community who come to this table every time, who clear the deck and say, we will have nothing over one another. We will refuse to scapegoat. We will refuse to hold power over anyone. We are brothers and sisters if we come to this table, this cup and this bread. We equally receive the deliverance that this cross is for us. And we can walk unbounded, unhindered into new life as we wait. And this, as we go into Holy Saturday, this waiting period, waiting for resurrection, confirmed that this new covenant has begun, longing for restoration life, for new life, for resurrection life. So I'm just going to read this again. And as you take communion in light of this story, in light of this delivering God, would you remember what it is? This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Take and, take and drink. Jesus, we receive the life you have laid down. We receive it from you. We go into this weekend prepared with hearts, ready for resurrection, but not longing to skip over the things that you want to do before then. Hmm. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. That is just a taste of what we will celebrate on Easter. That the world looks at this man, this Jesus on a cross, and they see a failed revolutionary, they see another failed Messiah. They see another political revolution. Whatever it is they see, they look at someone who has failed. And we on this side of Easter, we know, this side of resurrection, we know that God has done what He always said He would do. He has made a way. And so as you go this evening or this morning or this afternoon, whenever you are taking this bread and cup together with your family, with your household, with your friends, go in the confidence that whatever that is whatever that sense that lingers in you it has been put away it has been killed and put on the cross and we might walk in new life 
The powers have been emptied. Sin has been dealt with. There's no more scapegoating to be done. We receive new life from Him. Would you go in God's peace? I pray that God would bless you tonight or today, whenever you're hearing this, with the blessing of His nearness, with the power of His cross. And we just declare the new life that we get to expect in this coming day. We bless you, God. Jesus, that you withheld nothing. You withhold nothing from us, but you lay it all down and open it up in every way to us. And in your name we pray. Amen. Go in peace, friends. Great to be with you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit garden.church.